Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
and power has been evident in Salem Baptist Church's 100 years existence. When we should have been counted out, he has kept us. We have realized what our founders dreamed of. Salem and welcome to this Palm Sunday 2022. We are here today by the grace of God and as we begin to fill out the pews, persons are beginning to feel comfortable coming back into face-to-face -face worship. We want to take this time to remind you that we are still in our COVID protocols, which means that we are continuing to wear our face coverings we're continuing and encouraging you to use the hand sanitizer and social distance 
as best as possible. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. I pray you have a great and joyous experience doing this worship, this worship service on today, and we pray that God will do something mightily in your life. Let us go to the throne of grace in prayer. Good and gracious God, we are excited to be here on this Palm Sunday. But we know that on this Sunday, uh, Jesus came into the city and the crowd hollered out, Hosanna, oh, oh Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Bless us now as we worship you on this Palm Sunday. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hallelujah, saints. Hallelujah. God is good and greatly to be praised. I woke up this morning, I woke up this morning with Jesus on my mind. What did you do? Did you wake up this morning with Jesus on your mind? Okay, we're going to go back to the old church, and we want you to help us. All right? Jesus is on the main line. Tell him what you want. Yeah, Jesus is on the main line.
sanctuary will see the names as well and be mindful of all of our elected officials those serving at the federal state and local level and all of our military personnel you may stand as you are able as we enter into this time of prayer sin of the world and even after all you did for us God it seems that many people still don't believe that you are the Messiah the son of the living God and so God we are we are asking on today that for all those who call upon the name of Jesus we're asking God that you allow us you you give us the the permission God you you send us God you you open us up God that we may share the truth about who you are and how you bless us help us God to speak your truth to power 
Help us, God, to be mindful of everything that you do for us, even when we are not worthy, and that's most of the time. For those that are sick, God, those that are shut in, those that are lying on their beds of affliction, meet them where they are, God. Touch them with your finger of love. Allow your angels to encamp around them that they may know that they are in your perfect will. God, for those who've lost loved ones and those who've lost loved ones even in the Ukraine, Lord, have thine own way. Allow us to understand that you are the potter and we are the clay. And God, let your perfect will be done even in death on days like today. Help us to understand, God, that none of us understand and none of us will ever know how you will bring us into your perfect presence. But what we need to know, God, is that when you call us, all of us need to be ready to answer your call. So we should live as people prepared to die, so that in living or in dying, we can glorify your holy name. Now, God bless our senior pastor as he continues to lead us and guide us ever so close to 100 years of ministry as the Salem Baptist Church. Now God look down upon us worshiping virtually and worshiping face to face. Allow us to praise you in spirit and in truth and allow us to give you our best praise on this Palm Sunday that we may leave here better than we came singing Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This is your servant's prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say together, amen, amen, and amen. Nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. today. Amen. Uh, very quickly, we just remind you that uh, our 100 church anniversary celebration 
uh, kicks off in earnest on next Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. I know you've received all of the information, but we're looking forward to a wonderful, wonderful time in the Lord. Amen? Amen. We praise God for that privilege to be a part of this wonderful, wonderful celebration. We thank you for your continued sacrifice, your continued faithfulness in your stewardship and your giving, and it allows us as a church to continue to minister and uh, see 100 years and see past 100 years. Amen? Amen. So we thank you for your faithfulness, for your sacrifice, for your stewardship uh, in your giving. Amen? We share this affirmation. It is an affirmation about what we believe about giving here at the Salem Baptist Church. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. If you believe it, put your hands together and praise the Lord. We're going to ask our music and fine arts ministry to return at this time and lead us further in worship. Oh, 
every time you call. Oh, how precious, oh, how precious is the name of Jesus. Of Jesus.
stand now in reverence to the word of God as you're standing I do need to remind you that there'll be only one morning worship experience next week at 10 a.m. we're going to ask if you would turn to the New Testament book of Acts Acts chapter 27 beginning at verse 21 chapter 27 beginning at 21 it says but after long abstinence from food then Paul stood in the midst of him and said men you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss and now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Lord's word is blessed. I'm going to talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, making it through your storms. <clears throat> making it through your storms. When you live in a place like Omaha, Nebraska, you're taught spiritual lessons even when you're not aware of it. And one of those lessons is that if you keep on living, you're going to encounter and experience some storms. Storms will arise in your life. Snowstorms, ice storms, thunderstorms, H A I L storms, and H E L L storms. Storms will occur in your life. They come even though you can't control them, they occur even though you don't ask for them. They arise even when you pray and ask the Lord to keep them from coming. Storms will occur. And that's a lesson we can apply to our work life, our family life, and our spiritual life. I know we would love to have a life devoid of storms. 
We would ha love to have a life that had no strong winds of opposition, no cloudy days of doubt. We would love for that to be the case. However, just because that's what we desire doesn't mean that's how it's going to happen. Now, don't look at the person on the pew next to you or on your couch at home, but understand, no matter how good they look, and no matter how holy they act, and no matter how cool and calm they present themselves, they have been through a storm, or they're going through one now. And unfortunately, there are some folk who are convinced that because of who they are and because how saved they are, they won't experience a storm. But you might as well accept the fact storms are going to come. And we see one of the most recognizable characters in the New Testament in this text in the middle of a storm. And this biblical character is the Apostle Paul. I want to make it clear, Paul is in the midst of a super storm, and add to that, he's in the midst of this storm because he's been following the command of the Lord by preaching the gospel. Now, we find ourselves here in Acts chapter 27, but to understand what causes Paul to be in this storm in this chapter, we have to understand it all began in Acts chapter 21. Paul, as a part of his missionary journey, leaves Caesarea, uh, Caesarea to go to Jerusalem. And before he leaves, a prophet by the name of Abagus takes the belt of Paul and bound his own feet and hands with Paul's belt. And he declares, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt. And they will deliver him to the Gentiles. To which Paul replies, for I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So Paul travels to Jerusalem, and as he arrives in Jerusalem, he meets with other disciples in Jerusalem, and he's ordered to go to the temple to purify himself. And while in the temple, he is accused of defiling the temple, and a mob, mob drags him from the temple to prepare to kill him. And at that moment, the commander of a garrison of Roman soldiers arrives because they've heard of the tumult near the temple. The commander of the garrison binds Paul and prepares to imprison him. And before doing so, Paul convinces the commander to let him speak to the crowd that had just wanted to kill him. He then takes the opportunity to share the testimony of his conversion on the Damascus Road. Paul then informs the commander that he was a Roman citizen and therefore had the right to defend himself against these unjust charges. Paul is then placed before the Sanhedrin Council, the religious leaders of the Jews, both Pharisees and Sadducees. Once they are aware that Paul had been a Pharisee, the council is divided. As a result, a group of Jews make an oath that they would not eat or drink until they had killed Paul. When the commander became aware of this plot, he immediately sent Paul to 
Felix, the governor in Caesarea. And after two years of being bound in Caesarea, Paul appeals to go to Rome and appeal his charges to Caesar. Paul's appeal is granted, and he begins his journey to Rome at the beginning of Acts chapter 27. Now we have to take into account that Paul is in this difficult situation because he's been faithful in preaching the gospel. And there are people who falsely accuse him of defiling the temple. And he's going to midst up, uh, end up in the midst of a deadly storm because people were haters, critics, and envious. And I simply say this to remind us there are storm, some storms that only occur because of external forces. Because someone doesn't care for you or someone wants to hurt you or someone is envious of you. You know there are some people who will gossip about you and talk about you and throw shade at you because deep down they want to be like you. When you find yourself in that situation, you're like Paul. In the midst of a sticky situation, simply because someone else is not happy about their own life. Now let's get back to Paul. <laughs> At the time of the text, there were no major thoroughfares, jumbo jets, or railroads to have secure and safe travel. Most travel was done on dusty, dangerous roads or to make travel quicker when making a long journey like from Caesarea to Rome, they would travel by sea. And Paul's initial movements are detailed in Acts chapter 27, verses 1 through 8. And then in verse 9, Paul has a conversation with those in charge of the ship. He has some bad feelings about the journey uh, any further from this point. He, he begins to tell them, I think this is going to go bad. So I think we ought to stay where we are. Paul advises those in charge, I have a sneaky suspicion and premonition that if we move now, things are going to turn out bad. There will be loss of property and lives. And I know it's a lengthy section of scripture but I have to read a description of what occurred after Paul had warned them. It begins at verse 13. It says, when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, a tempestuous headwind arose. So when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. And running under the shelter of an island called Clauda, we secured the skiff with difficulty. When they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship. And fearing lest they should run aground on the Sirtis sands, they struck sail and so were driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. On the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope 
that we would be saved was finally given up. What Paul had predicted is now coming to fruition. Paul and all those who are on the boat are at sea on a vessel being battered by a storm. A storm of epic proportions. So much so that they began to throw things overboard to lighten the ship. And that really conveys that this storm was so intense and extreme, they've reached a moment of desperation. Child of God, your storms can do that. They can overwhelm you so much that you find yourself at your wit's end. You can find yourself in a storm not knowing how to handle it not knowing how to navigate it, not knowing even if you're going to survive that storm. Get to the point that you're confused and clouded, puzzled and perplexed, baffled and bewildered. There are times that the storms of life are so intense and extreme that we cannot strategize our next step. We, we cannot control our reaction. And I know you don't want to admit it, and you don't want to acknowledge, but there are times you just want to act like a kindergartner and go in the corner and throw a hissy fit. I know there are times at the job you want to go to the parking lot, turn up the radio, and scream as loud as you possibly can. And I know there are times you just want to throw up your hands and holler. I know you won't admit it, but storms will push you to a point of desperation. Listen to what verse 20 says. It says, now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. After they had been in that storm so long, the attitude was, let's just give up. This storm is going to take us out. Well, there may be someone today who finds themselves at the point that Paul and his fellow travelers found themselves. You're at a point that you've just about given up. But I'm glad you're here today or you're watching or you're listening because I want to say to you, don't give up. Don't, don't allow the devil to convince you that this is the storm that's going to take you out. And more importantly, don't let the devil convince you that this storm is so bad that you need to take your own self out. Oh, child of God, you'll make it through the storm. You'll survive this storm. The devil will try to crush you and deceive you and delude you and defeat you, but he's barking up the wrong tree. When you get home, tell him he's at the wrong address because you're going to survive this storm. No matter how devastating and distressing, even Paul felt that despair, and yet we find out Paul became encouraged because a few things are fleshed out in our text on today. In the middle of this intense and extreme storm, Paul had a great experience. 
And I want to suggest in this text, it shows us that in the midst of your storm, you need to be reminded that the Lord is with you. Be reminded the Lord is with you. Paul is on this ship, and the storm is so intense that he and the other passengers are desperately trying to survive, even throwing cargo overboard, and in the midst of seeking to save themselves, they come to the point that they had finally given up. Well, again, I want to suggest that there are times we will get to that point and we'll feel like giving up, and that's the perfect time for the Lord to remind us that even though we're in the midst of a storm, he is with us. That's what happens to the Apostle Paul in this text. In the midst of being disheartened, Paul is reassured the Lord is with him. Listen to verses 21 through 23. It says, but after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. Now, I have to say that I love Paul because Paul shows us here that he's not superhuman or perfect because the first thing that Paul does was throw some shade. Paul said, you should have listened to me in the first place because if you'd listened to me, we would not be in this mess to begin with. And Paul says, well, let me get to the good part. The ship is going to be destroyed, but no one will lose their lives because an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve showed up. Paul says, the Lord sent an angel to remind me I belong to him and that he is with me. And furthermore, this should assure each and every one of us that just like the Lord is with us in our peaceful, serene, and still moments, he is with us just as much or more in our stormy seasons. And that's good news on the day. Because you do understand there are a lot of times we experience storms and the people who said they would be our ride or die get ghost and gone. And they're nowhere to be found but the Lord. He wants you to know when you feel alone, be reminded he is right there. Paul says, an angel of the God to whom I, be I belong and serve, uh, he says he showed up and let me know he was with me. Child of God, I want to let you know you belong to him. You are his child. And the Bible tells us that we are the apple of his eye. And so I want to remind you in the midst of your storm uh, that the Lord is with you. But secondly, in the midst of your storm, I want to remind you the Lord has a word for you. It's a simple word. But since it comes from the Lord, it's a powerful, comforting word. A word he shared with the Apostle Paul and a word he wants to share with us on today. Listen again. 
He says, for there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, do not be afraid. That's the word. Someone needs to know today. That's the word from the Lord for you. Don't, don't be afraid. Take Paul's name out and insert your name. Do not be afraid. He knows the storm that you're enduring. And as frightening and worrisome as it might be, his word is, do not be afraid. And so I know y'all don't believe me, but I'm almost done. In the midst of the storm, be reminded the Lord is with you. In the midst of your storm, be reminded the Lord has a word for you. But in the midst of your storm, be reminded the Lord has his will for you. Earlier in this sermon, I shared that Paul uh, had uh, been taken uh, and now finds himself, finds himself on this vessel being battered by a tempestuous sea. Well, back in Acts chapter 23, after Paul had disrupted the Sanhedrin council, it says this in verse 11. But the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at Rome. That was the Lord's will for the Apostle Paul to testify of him in Rome as he had done in Jerusalem. He had a purpose and a plan for Paul. Now listen as the Lord reaffirms his will uh, in verses 23 and 24 of Acts chapter 27. It says, For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. The Lord was saying, I will not allow this storm to consume you. I can't let it destroy you, because you haven't finished my will for your life. So somebody who's listening, watching, or here in the sanctuary, I want to remind you the Lord has a will for your life. And even though the storm may be severe and intense, he can't let it destroy you until he's finished using you. And even with the storm that you might be going through, I want to let you know it's preparing you for his will for your life. I love the way that Daryl Coley said it. He said, he's preparing me for something I can't handle right now. Yes, he's making me ready just because he cares. He's providing me with what I'll need to carry out the next matter 
in my life. He's preparing me because he cares for me. He's preparing me for everything that comes in my life. And child of God, I, I want you to know that that's what he's doing. Even in the midst of your storm, he's preparing you for the next chapter in your life. He's preparing you for the next scene in your life. And I want to tell you, no matter how severe that storm gets, he's simply going to bring you through it because of his will for your life. And so don't give up and don't give in because the Lord has something left in your life. And every now and then, you need to testify to yourself. Uh, and you need to look in the mirror and tell yourself, self, the Lord is not through with me yet. And so uh, I can't give in uh, and I can't give up because uh, the Lord is not through with me yet. Every now and then, you need to witness to yourself and declare with all that I've been through, I'm still here, and I'm still here for a reason and a purpose. Do I have a witness? You need to take about five seconds right now and declare to yourself, I, I just don't look like what I already been through. And I don't look like where the Lord is going to take me. And so I'll bless his name in advance for where he's taking me. Do I have a witness today? You need to tell yourself, yes, Lord, I know you have some higher levels for me. You have some elevation for me. You have some promotion for me. And so I'll thank you in advance. Is there anybody here? I said, is there anybody here? I said, is there anybody here who will tell him thank you? Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'm trying, I'm, 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 I'm trying to leave it alone, but he's been so good.
wait five seconds and give him some praise because he's worthy. Pastor Paul in this text there'd be no better time than right now to give your life to the Lord if you're in the sanctuary and you want to give your life to the Lord our deacons will be in place immediately as you exit worship or if you're listening or watching Give us a call at 402-455-1000, option three. Someone is waiting to hear your voice right now. There's no better moment of time than for you to trust the Lord for yourself. sanctuary, you may be seated. Our ushers will escort you immediately following the benediction. And now, unto him who's able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy, to the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God in this sanctuary, all across this city, all across the country, said together, Amen. Amen and amen. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead. <laughs> 